And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. And with the help of the Lord, using the middle of that scripture, stand in the gap. And I would like to preach on the thought of a message, standing in the gap. Let us pray. Uh, Brother Melion, would you ask, sir, the Lord's blessings? Heavenly Father, we thank you, we worship you for everything that you've done for us and all you're going to do in our life. Father, open our ears to hear the word and allowing us to use it in our life to reach others for the kingdom. Father, make preaching easy for the preacher so that he can deliver your word to your people. And we'll be careful to glorify your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Stand in the gap. So I read a story of a farmer who one day went to his banker to tell him a few pieces of bad news and one piece of good news. You know, my daughter, I say, do you want the bad news first or the good news first? I want the bad news first, right? I want to end on a good note, right? Like a happy ending. Like there's a little boy that he was seeing which puppy he was going to adopt. And and there was one little puppy there and uh, pointed to that little puppy. And said, why do you want that little puppy? Because it was wagging his tail. And the little kid said, I like happy endings, right? So, little, anyway. so the farmer said, I got some bad news and I got some good news. And the, to the banker, and the banker says, well, tell me the bad news first. The farmer said, well, because of drought and insects, I can't pay you a penny on my loan on the farm. Not a penny on the principal, not a penny on the interest, not a cent. And the banker said, oh, he said, I got some more bad news, though. I can't pay a penny on the equipment that you financed for me. Not a penny on the principal. Not a penny on the interest. The banker said, is there more bad news? Yep. I can't pay you for the fertilizer that I financed from you. Not a penny on the principal. Not a penny on the interest. So the banker got flustered and said, so where's the good news? The farmer smiled and said, I am still choosing to continue to do business with you. There was a gap, right? Now, gaps are generally not spoken of favorably. Have you ever applied for a job and they say, give employment history? And then they say, please explain any gaps, right? <laughs> like this young man went to a job interview and he was stellar, right? He was performing, he was impressing the man who was interviewing him. He's like, this is a sharp young man. I got to get this man on. And uh, he was looking at the resume. And he said, I see a four-year gap in your resume. Could you please explain that? That's the one hang-up I have before inviting you on to our prestigious company. 
And the man said, oh, no problem. That's when I went to Yale. And the interviewer's eyes just kind of bugged out and said, that's impressive. You are hired right now. And the man said, thank you so much. I really need this job. <laughs> there was a gap. There was no gap where he was for four years, but anyway. Well, we read in the Bible, in the book of Ezekiel, that there was a gap in the wall. Now, we're not reading about a gap in a physical wall. But what we read about in Ezekiel chapter 22 is there were four groups of people that were creating a righteousness gap. There was a gap in the behavior of Israel. And as you read chapter 22, it said the prophets created a gap. The priests created a gap. The princes created a gap. And then you know what it says? The people. It just kind of goes downhill, right? From the leadership down. And everybody was just living any old kind of way. And it, God recognized, you see, he saved Israel and brought them out of Egypt that they could be a peculiar people unto him. And yet there was a lack of righteousness in his people. So there was a gap created. And God said, the first thing we want to talk about, that there is a gap called sin. It's a gap. And it was created not in Israel. And it wasn't created uh, by a certain group of people. It was created by one person called Adam. This little boy uh, went, to, uh, went to church. And uh, his mom said, what did you learn? So we learned about men and women in the Garden of Eden. They say, and about listening. You know how little kids are, right? He said, well, what did you learn? So you learn, I learned this. If you listen to your wife, she'll send you straight to hell. No, that's not exactly what happened. But the Bible said that God created man and woman in his image. And he set them in this place in Eden. And he gave them one rule. One rule. You can eat of any tree you want, but in the tree in the midst of the garden, thou mayest not eat thereof. And the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And we know that Satan used this serpent to entice Eve. And from the reading, she didn't understand the word of God. She thought you couldn't touch it. So she was kind of not spun up to what the Word of God said. But the Bible said that she was enticed and she was uh, kind of beguiled and tricked and so she ate of the fruit. But death hadn't passed upon all men. You know why? Because Adam hadn't eaten it. There was a small time when Adam could have said, hey, sycamore pass them on by. Huh? God, will, I got more ribs. God can make me another woman. I got plenty more, right? But God took that fruit and ate thereof. And it said their eyes were opened. And the Bible says they went and hid themselves. And God became, he walked in the garden in the cool of the day. And he said, Adam, where art thou? And he said, I heard that voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. You see, the gap was not a physical gap, but it was a gap of a relationship between man and God. And when man sinned, he created a gap. And the ones that he created, that's why you don't have to teach a child to lie. You say, well, it, you know, 
it's, 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 it's worse than it has ever been, no? Because Adam, his son, was a murderer. It didn't take long. It didn't take, say, preacher, no, Sodom and Gomorrah was a long time ago. It doesn't take mankind a long time. And if you've ever been around people, you know that good people can turn bad and thank God for Jesus. Bad people can turn good. But we find out that there's a hinge in Jesus Christ. Education won't change. Say, well, we need education. Yes, we do need education. But my cousin went to Harvard, okay? And uh, I went to his dorm room. And they weren't reading poetry in the dorm room. You were walking around wine bottles in the dorm room at Harvard, okay? But education won't change us. What we need is we need a gap to be filled. The Bible said that there was a gap and notice that God began to try to sort things out and he said, he said, Adam, did you eat of that tree? And you know what he said? The woman. It was the woman. So we have an accountability gap, right? (laughs) You ever had that? You, you see, it, it was this way, right? It, it, it was this way. Now, Adam didn't blame the woman. It was even worse than that. Now, that's, that's, a, that's a real blessing. That's why you get married, right? So you always have someone to blame, right? No, no it's not the reason you get married. Man without a woman is incomplete. And then man with a woman, he's finished, right? No. But it said the woman. Now, listen what Adam said. Oof. The woman whom thou. Ooh. Mm. You know, you give your kid a video game arcade and they spend a bunch of time staying up, playing it, and they're all tired in the morning. Why are you so tired? It was the video game that you gave to me. He was blaming God, wasn't he? Wow, that's pretty easy, right? And so he just kept going. He says to the woman, What'd you do? What'd you eat? And he said, The serpent. She began to blame the serpent. The serpent had not a leg to stand on, right? But the Bible says that mankind has been passing it down. Well, you see, God needed to fix the gap. And we find that in the earliest book in the Bible, God, I'm thankful that God is into solutions, right? The Bible said that God and unto Adam and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins? So, preacher, what is the significance it said skins, right? He made them a leather coat. Now, I like a nice leather jacket. My wife has a leather jacket. I like it. I used to have a leather jacket. I liked it when I had it. But there's something about a leather coat, right? And, but a leather coat requires a sacrifice. And what kind of animal do you think was sacrificed? The Bible doesn't say. But it points out the beginning of God's filling the gap. You see, there had to be a sacrifice for God to mend the relationship. Innocent blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins. So for us to realize, for a stand in the gap, brethren, it's going to take a sacrifice. And I thank God that the sacrifice for sin didn't come at our own expense, but there was a sacrifice of a Savior, that Jesus Christ came into this world to stand in the gap. Now, it's never been popular. When they were going to take a woman who was caught in adultery in the very act, they brought her to the temple. And what was she wearing? She probably was wearing nothing. This crowd of men had taken this woman. There was no man to be found. That tango that takes two, only one was taken, right? And it's it's hypocrisy a lot of times, isn't it? 
And so they threw her down in the midst. And it says, Moses in the law commanded that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? And they were trying to trick Jesus. Because if he said, stone her, then he would be taking the authority of Rome into his own hands. If he said, forgive her, then he would be denying the law. And he would be condemned as an apostate and a hypocrite. What did Jesus do? He just... Pretending like he ignored him. You ever do that when someone is uh, someone is riding you and just ignore them? I was in, it's awesome. So I was in the truck with these guys, uh, stocking sheetrock, right? We were taking a break in Orlando. And one guy goes, he knew I was a Christian, right? So he goes, hey, there's a concert coming up, a like country concert, lots of girls. Are you going to go? And I said, oh, what? Excuse me? And he said, there's a concert coming up bunch of girls gonna be there you gonna go and I said what and so he said it like the third time right there's a concert coming up lots of pretty girls are you gonna go at this time the third man just started to laugh because he realized that I was totally mocking this man you know that we find out that Jesus Christ he came the Bible said to stand in the gap he came to close the wall he came to be the sacrifice. And the Bible said in this account with the woman, he just, he lifted himself up and he said, hey, he that is without sin. In the South, they say, have at it. Go right ahead. Cast the first stone. So not cast a stone, but the one that is without sin amongst you, show your sinlessness by casting the very first rock at her to kill her. You know what? From the oldest to the youngest. The oldest were the wisest, right? To the youngest, the oldest. We wise people were like, mm, that's me. I mean, you just like, yeah, right? And the hotheads, it took the hotheads a little while, right? But then they realized all the posse was leaving. And they were like, mm, I'm not going to be here by myself. You know, a lot of times this mob justice, it takes a mob. But you know, as a Christian, it takes a godly man or a godly woman to stand up by themselves when nobody else is standing. That God told Ezekiel, I'm looking for one. I'm looking for someone who's going to stand up irrespective of what the crowd does. You know, as a Christian, sometimes we need to take a stand when everybody else is just going to sit down and just let it be. But I'm not going to let it be. I want to take a stand because Jesus took a stand. And Jesus shows us that just like he did, we can too. And the Bible said when all the men left, Jesus said, Woman, hath any man condemned thee? And she looked around. Maybe she just first opened her eyes. And she said, No man, Lord. And he said, Neither do I condemn thee. He said, Go. But notice, he said, Go. And sin no more. He, Jesus came that our life wouldn't just be one of forgiveness and then sinning again, but of a change in our life. The Bible said in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21 that she being Mary shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And you know what Jesus will do? He shall save his people from their sins. You know that you'll know when you got saved when sin begins to be unsavory to you. When you begin to smoke that weed and it's no, see, is weed a sin? Get saved and smoke some. 
Get saved and drink that alcohol and you drink it like, man, it's just not what it was before. You get saved and you look at pornography and you know what? I just can't do that anymore. Why? Because there's something in me that says that's not for me anymore. I've become a rock than Christ Jesus and I've been created to sing a new song, to live a new life, to think new thoughts. And when Jesus is in your life, you see, he fills the gap. You know that a lot of times... Things in our life are created because of gaps in our life. Has anyone ever faced stress before? (laughs) You know stress is because of a gap? It's true. Okay, so you have a certain amount of strength, assets, time to accomplish something, right? We all do. Well, if we fall short on what we need to accomplish that thing, pay that bill, do that thing, clean that thing... The gap is called stress from our abilities and what you've never faced that before. I have. It's just a gap, right? Say, preacher, what do we do with this stress gap? I'm going to tell you about Jesus. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, he giveth power to the faint. If you run out of power and you still have stuff to do and to them that have no might, and no vitamins, and no Tybo, and no CrossFit, and no money. He increaseth strength. The Bible says even the youths, even the young bucks, right? So, preacher, I'm not a young buck. Even young bucks are going to get old. Even the guys at the combine are going to run out of energy in the NFL. Shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But notice this, Jesus is a gap filler. But they that wait upon the Lord. You know that when you're stressed out, what you need to do is wait upon the Lord, and He'll renew your strength. And the Bible says not only that, they'll mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall do what? They shall run. And the Bible says, and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. You know that sometimes we have this stress in our mind, say, preacher, what do I do? Let Jesus fill the gap. I say, you know what? Let someone else stress about it. I'm going to worship Jesus. Have you ever just said God and just go around and just list all the things that you're thankful for? You'll get tired. I was thanking God for uh, my, uh, my table, my, my wife, the gas in my car, the food. And I was just going through my daughter and all of these things. And man, it changed me because I began to realize, man, God's given me so much. God's filled the need in my life so many times. And it takes away that stress. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I say, preacher, but I got a grief. You know, grief is a gap. It's a gap. You know that sometimes grief is created when there's a difference in how we thought something would work out. That relationship, maybe that employment, that car. You know, I thought it was going to work out. This was my, that house. This was my forever house. (laughs) How many people buy the forever house and realize that ain't forever? (laughs) That was like three years. (laughs) Grief is a gap of how you thought it was gonna work out and how it worked out. It creates grief if it's negative, right? I I thought my child was gonna do this. I thought my spouse was gonna do this, but they didn't do it. And that gap creates grief. So preacher, what do I do? You put Jesus in the gap. Because Isaiah said in 53, 
chapter four, chapter 53, verse 4, Surely he hath borne our griefs. Say, preacher, but I have grief. I thought it was going to work out, brethren. We all face that. We thought it was going to work out this way, and it didn't. What am I going to do? Jesus will stand in the gap. He carried, the Bible said he carried, he bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. And the Bible said he did that by going to the cross. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. For he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. But notice, with his stripes. With God's stripes, brethren, my grief, my stress, my sin, by his stripes, by the whipping that it took that caused the blood to flow on his back, we're healed. The Bible says we are healed. You know that God, my wife comes to the piano, standing in the gap of sin, Jesus did. Jesus became the savior that closed the gap. They closed the wall. You know, the last thing is saints. Those that are called of God, brethren, we're called to be unpopular in this world <laughs> and to take a stand. You know, something, you have to take a stand, right? It's unpopular. When everybody's doing it, it's easy, right? I'm just going with them. You know, like this one man was asked, he said, uh, Someone said, what do you believe? He said, well, I believe what my church believes. So what does your church believe? He said, they believe what I believe. He said, well, what's that? It's the same thing. You know, a lot of people, they don't know how to take a stand, but they don't know where they're even standing or what they're standing for. But you see, the Bible says that we are to take unto us the whole armor of God. The Bible says that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to what? Stand. Man, I like that. Say, well, preacher, but the devil is firing darts. Stand. But this person doesn't understand what I'm going through. Stand. Because I'm not just standing for myself. I'm standing for my family. I'm standing for the church. I'm standing for Jesus Christ. And I'm standing in the very power of God himself. You see, David, when he went to take a stand before Goliath, you know who his enemies were? Well, Goliath was. But how about try his own family? Eliab. How about try the king? Say, you can't do it. Elias said, you just want to come see the battle. But David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? David took a stand in that valley. But notice, he didn't go by himself. You know, as a, as a, as a saint, as a man, as a woman who takes a stand, let me tell you, you're not taking a stand by yourself. You're not going to be by yourself. When David went down there, he had something to say to Goliath. He said, thou comest to me with the sword and with the spear and with the shield. Isn't that seen how it is someday? They're big and they got a bunch of weapons. <laughs> they got a bunch of assets. How am I going to do anything? But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. You see, David knew he wasn't standing in the gap by himself. 
but that God was with him. Brethren, that's what I need to know. If my wife and I don't agree on something, oh, that God will be with me. If, if myself and a friend don't agree, but that God will be with me. David had nobody there. I thank God for my wife. She's a real asset to the ministry. I told her she should be the pastor. You do all this stuff. She does a lot for God. But if there's no one standing next to me, God will stand with you. In fact, God will hold you up if you fall. He'll pick you up. He'll hold you up. He'll clean you up. He'll build you up. You know, the Bible says building up your most holy faith. Have you ever heard this in Jude? Praying in the Holy Ghost. God will do all these things for you. Because he has a job for you. And that job is to stand in the gap. I want to close with this, but... There was an important radio message at the advent of radio that was coming through from a, from, a, from a monarch. And it was coming across the sea to America. And in one of these engineering rooms, two cables had, had broken. And it severed the communication line. And one engineer, I'm not saying you should try this at home. <laughs> He grabbed one of the lines with one hand and grabbed the other line of these live, these are radio lines, they're not high power lines. And he allowed the current to pass through his body so that the message could get through. And the message got through, you know, that when we stand in the gap, the gospel message gets through. The power of Jesus Christ gets through. The love of Jesus Christ gets through. And the message that Jesus saves and delivers, it triumphs and gets through to the one that needs to hear it the most. With heads bowed and eyes closed in reverence to the Lord, nobody looking around, stand in the gap. There is a need for men and women. And I don't know where you are in your walk with God. And sometimes it's unpopular, but realize that there is a God who stood in the gap between heaven and earth, nailed to a cross, saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And there is a free pardon of sin for you and for all that would call upon what Jesus did. For his blood is a sacrifice for sin to all that would claim it. And the saints, we have a call to stand in the gap for your family for your neighborhood for your country for your brethren take that stand with the whole armor of God Father I've preached your word let's find a place to pray you can pray there at your pew but you need something from the Lord these altars are a place where you can come and you can kneel down and you can take a stand and your prayer is something that goes all the way up to heaven today. Your prayer is something that gets the attention of God himself. Take a stand. Take a stand. Stand in the gap. The world needs your prayer.
thankful that I was invited by two soul winners and I was one that said you know what I'll, I'll come and you know, I didn't just come to church God called me to preach <laughs> you know what there's other people out there someone wants to come and God wants you to be the one to invite them so we're going to go right before Bible study for just about 30 minutes even if you invite one person that's 100% more than zero right amen so come and say well I don't know what to do come be usable and God will use you be usable and God will use you. And uh, God bless you is our prayer. Service tonight is 6 p.m. And guess what? Um, 
At this time, uh, Brother Spencer, would you dismiss us and pray for the food? Amen. Curse the calories. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for everyone that you brought into your house today to hear your word and learn your word. Please let it go with us so we can use it in our daily lives. And also, dear Lord, thank you for this food and please bless this food. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen.